Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Convergement America. It's time for the episode that must happen. It's the episode of episodes. It's the topic that all pastors recognize is important for church health, but cringe at the thought of talking about it, let alone sharing with their congregations. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about money. We all know the Bible talks about money a lot. There are more than 2,300 verses that deal with the topic of money. 16 of Jesus' 38 parables talk about money or possessions. So why then do we struggle so mightily to talk to our churches about the issues of money and generosity? Well, today's guest is going to help us answer that question. Uh, Gary Rohrmeyer has a lengthy resume. He's a former church planning pastor, author of several books, church planning coach and consultant, and I could go on and on. He is currently the president of Converge Mid-America, and yes, that does in fact make Gary my boss. I have learned a lot from him over the last four plus years, and I have discovered over that time that one of his sweet spots is helping churches understand the importance of biblical generosity. So I'm excited to welcome Gary to the podcast, and I promise to be on my best behavior. So thanks so much for being here, Gary. Well, thank you, Brian. It is uh, just really awesome to be a, be a part of this, and uh, I've just... Uh, uh, so appreciated these podcasts as uh, I've listened to those in my car and dr- driving around and uh, it's so great to hear different insights and stories of our churches and uh, we get some great pastors in uh, yeah, in, yeah. in our in our movement and uh, and I'm so glad that you're bringing their stories to the forefront. We really do have some amazing pastors and uh, so um, you were a pastor once. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, one of the things we like to do when we start the podcast is for our guests to give us a little bio, uh, the, the Gary Rohrmeyer story. So take a couple of minutes and, and tell us who you are specifically. Well, I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Uh, I mean, really, all my uncles, my, both my grandparents, uh, my dad, and they all started their own little businesses. Uh, various sizes and uh, success and uh, and so you know after coming to Christ uh, in a radical way in the in the early 80s um, you know God rearranged my life and my path and and uh, my wife and I you know kind of quit our jobs and moved to Chicago to go to Moody Bible Institute because we were heading to the mission field mm-hmm. and uh, and you know shortly after that uh, actually our last year in school our middle son got sick, and so uh, he needed a series of uh, heart surgeries, and so we couldn't uh, go um, overseas. And I remember my wife saying, "What are we going to do now? I mean, we're <laughs> uh, and and we can't go now." And um, uh, and I remember saying to her, "Well, if we can't plant churches overseas, we'll plant them here." Hmm. And that brought us a, in a journey to where we met people in Converge. And got hooked up with uh, some great church planting uh, guys in the Wisconsin area, and we moved to Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, to plant our first church. And um, we had a we had a vision of starting ten churches in ten years, and um, it was kind of a scary vision. I only shared it with my wife, who she looked at me and said, "Well, I don't 
think that was the vision. I just think you had a bad pizza <laughs> the night before or something like that. And, uh, and so, um, you know, we barely got the first one up and running. And by God's grace, we, I was 27 years old. We began reaching people uh, far from Jesus. I couldn't get any serious Christians to follow us <laughs> in the early days. And, uh, and so we just had to reach people. We were there for 10 years. And by God's grace, we planted a healthy, reproducing church. And we moved to Chicago, became the church planning directors uh, for, at the time, the Midwest Baptist Conference, <laughs> now Converge Mid-America. And, uh, uh, you know, starting about 70 churches during those uh, our first 12 years. And then my predecessor uh, asked me to follow him and his retirement to be the, the new president of Converge Mid America. And uh, I took that role on in 2010. And uh, kind of the rest, the rest is history. I'm married to my wife, Mary. We'll be celebrating 40 years of marriage. And uh, we got three grown children and, and one grandchildren and one just days away as we're waiting awesome. for our second grandchild. So. That's awesome. I just had a Skype yeah. call today from my grandson. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> um, hey, uh, interestingly, preparing for this podcast, this Sunday at my church, our pastor did a sermon on generosity. And before he started, he did about a one-minute disclaimer. Like, I know I'm going to talk about something here that might ruffle some feathers and all that. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is he going to talk about? And it was all just about money, about the issues of generosity. So I saw, here's a perfect example. He's just following along the text. He doesn't give those disclaimers every week. He just did it this week. So why in the world do pastors cringe? Why do they tend to cringe when we talk about the issues of generosity? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple reasons. Uh, one, I mean, some of us, some of us, you know, and it's it's interesting how far back it goes. But when I planted my church in the late '80s, uh, it was right after the televangelist scandal, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, and so there was a lot of you know um, distrust and uh, I think around there and really made made pastors you know uh, apprehensive on those issues and dealing dealing with those things. Um, you know, I think there's, I think there's uncertainty, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how are people, how are people going to react? I think it's a touchy subject, you know, because it touches us. Um, you know, that's what Jesus said, you know, where your heart is, your treasure, you know, where your treasure is, your heart will be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I remember I didn't preach on money for the first, you know, 18 months of my new church. And um, and I was finally convinced by a friend that you need to teach the full counsel of God, <laughs> and uh, and you need to you need to not uh, stay away from uh, those subjects that challenge people, and uh, and so when we did we did a, I did a full blown series on on generosity. Uh, it was very interesting that God blessed that effort, and our offerings doubled within a month. Hmm. And uh, and I was, you know, in a sense, I was, I was as a leader. I felt, you know, I was robbing God because I wasn't teaching my people um, on the priorities and the the uh, importance of uh, uh, giving and generosity in their lives. Hmm. And so, uh, 
Um, and it was you know, it was amazing too. We saw people's financial lives get radically changed, and I, I was, you know, I was uh, I was uh, hampering that, hmm. and uh, and so, you know, in some of our seminars and stuff, we actually talk with pastors on how to teach on money, hmm. you know, and uh, um, you know to do it in a non-emotional way. Let the word of God touch people's hearts, and uh, and. Because ultimately, it's going to be God that's going to change people's hearts, change people's demeanor um, uh, and attitudes towards giving. That's good. That's good. I remember in my first church I served, um, uh, one of the guys had come to Christ, and uh, he was in his 30s at the time. And and uh, after he had been a Christian for about a year, our pastor at the time uh, did a sermon on generosity. And he had been giving $8 a week. Uh, because that's what the dues were in the church that he had come from, a different, uh, a different church tradition. And when he found out about what the Bible said about the issues of generosity, he's like, it, it was like this whole new thing opened up for him, and he got way obedient in a hurry, and, and he was so grateful that he knew what that was. And so I think sometimes we, we get... Uh, I don't know, PTSD or something because we've had a congregant or two that, uh, that, that goes south when we talk about uh, those issues. But we really do need to talk about it. And, and, and our people need to know what the Lord says about uh, this important idea of generosity. And so churches, I think, it's not simply saying, okay, we're going to have a sermon a year or we're going to have a sermon every 18 months on the issue of generosity. It needs to be part of a strategic plan. So how important is it? I, I, I guess I just kind of said it is important, but uh, tell me why it's important, at least, that a church have uh, and develop a strategic generosity plan. Well, it's part of discipleship, okay, number one. It's part of making disciples. It's part of our spiritual formation. You know, giving is really at the center of, of our lives, you know, and um, and so I think, you know, part of this is you, you want to develop disciples and you want to make more and better disciples. And so you're going to have a, a, a plan of how to grow your church, how to disciple your church in generosity. And I, and I think it takes planning. Mm -hmm. It takes, uh, it takes work. It takes creativity. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you don't want to, you don't want to only talk about money when the bills need to be paid yeah right. or we're a little behind right because <laughs> ultimately it reduces the vision the vision of outreach the vision of making disciples across the world it just you know uh, makes it something about paying the bills it's not it's not the mission of the church and so i think it's it's all it's all part of part of that dynamic um um as you as you as you move forward and so you just you've got to be growing people right and uh and and the people are the church and you know, collectively you're going to grow them corporately in the area of giving and finances and uh and stewardship and so i think it's it's really really important that's good that's great it, you know sort of expound on that a little bit if you would and you know maybe you could mm -hmm. share three or four musts uh, for churches yeah. as they develop that strategy, if 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 you you know what what are three or four things that man you've got to have these things as a part of your generosity strategy. Yeah. Well, and it, again, it's it's 
you got to think of this as you're shaping the culture of your church, right? It's building and shaping the culture of your church, you know, um, and uh, it, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes relentless focus. It takes consistent practices and and it takes inspiring uh, leadership. And so so I'll just give you, you know, I got five, five little things on how to build a culture of generosity in your church. For Great. The first one is... Uh, Number one, pray pray for it. <laughs> uh, you know, I think you, we want to pray. At, you know, generosity is a spiritual issue, and so you, as pastors, we're always praying for the health of our churches, mm-hmm. and so generosity is really a matter of the heart. And uh, you know, that's why Jesus said, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, Paul in his letter to the Corinthians you know, uh, cites, you know, the, the true motivation um, uh, 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 for generosity when he speaks about the believers in the, the Macedonian churches. It said they they uh, did not do what he expected. They first gave themselves to the Lord mm-hmm. and, then, and then to us. Their hearts were truly in line with the Lord and reflected that they, they gave, they gave uh, above and beyond their the expectation so so i think praying for it i mean how often you know as a pastor do we pray uh that god will reign in the hearts of his people mm-hmm. um and uh and i think that's the that's the critical uh piece um that we need to look at as we're going to build a culture of generosity and then the second one is model it mm-hmm. model it you know i think leaders leaders set the pace of the organization um, I wrote an article years ago and I call nine prayers of a missional leader. And one of the prayers was, Lord, pour out a generous spirit in my life. Mm. You know, generosity is the fruit of the spirit. When, when Paul talks about the fruit of kindness, he's, he's really talking about that, uh, loving kindness, that, that, that practical, um, display of, of love and kindness to people, which is really kind of our definition of generosity. And so as, as a leader, uh, when I'm generous with my time, when I'm generous with my words, when I'm generous with my resources, um, it's, gonna, it's going to reflect uh, that in my family, it's gonna reflect in the leaders I'm working with, and it's gonna reflect in, in, uh, in, in the churches I lead. Generous living always leads to generous giving, you know, I like to say. And so you got to model it. I mean, you know, as a pastor, if you're going to tell people that tithing, as uh, Randy Elkhorn says, he says tithing is the training wheels towards generosity. Mm. (laughs) Um, You know, that, that, yeah, tithing isn't generosity. It's the training wheels towards a generous life, right? And, uh, and that means giving a tenth of your income, you know, to the Lord, committing it to, to your local church and uh, surrendering, surrendering to him. Um, you know, if I'm not doing that, you know, people are going to see right through that. Mm-hmm. And your words, your words will not have power. And, uh, and so we got to be modeling it and modeling it as leaders, as pastors, modeling in your staff, modeling in the elders. All those who are making decisions, right, about finances, need to be models of generosity, and uh, and be accountable. Be accountable to that. 
The third, the third one is teach it, right? Teaching generosity pr principles is critical to spiritual formation uh, for an individual and for a church. Uh, we can't shy away from the financial principles. And, uh, and so um, it's really important that, you know, there is so much ammo too that we have yeah. <laughs> in yeah. scripture that, that, you know, that, that, that is uh, uh, so, so great, you know, and, uh, and so I've done several, several series, you know, in the life of our, our church, you know, um, from, uh, you know, from Jesus teaching on money to looking at the Proverbs, you know, Solomon's wisdom on money, uh, and over and over again, all the, all Paul's passage in, in the second Corinthians, um, you know, there's so much opportunity there. And I think it's really important that we have a regular series, you know, however we do it, whether it's 18 months. Um, but then we shouldn't avoid, you know, when we're teaching through the Bible, we shouldn't avoid the text when they come, mm -hmm. you know, when they come, uh, uh, as we're, as we're teaching, it's interesting. You can't teach, uh, through an epistle mm -hmm. without tackling the issue of money. <laughs> you can't pre preach through the gospels without, you know, a, a addressing the issue of money. Yeah. And so I think that I think that's all part of it. But it's amazing, you know, and, and when I think back at our church, the people that came to faith in Christ, they experienced what I used to call the liberating joy of knowing Jesus, right? And, uh, and then they experienced the liberating joy of financial freedom. Uh, in a sense that they learned how to prioritize and put God first in their in their in their in their income in their lives and because uh, you know when you think about discipleship it's you're discipling people how to put God first in their day you want to t teach them how to put God first in their week okay and you want to teach them how to put God first in their finances you know, just going back to that and seeing that I remember one pastor his his uh, sister and brother-in-law came to Christ in our church, and um, he came and visited our church. He says he said he said to me, "I don't know what you're doing, um, but I want to tell you, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, their finances were a mess, hmm. you know. And then they came to Christ in your church, and uh, and they've got so much financial freedom now. Hmm. I can't believe it, you know, because they've just learned to put God first hmm. in their finances. And so I think that's very, very important. And then the fourth one is reinforce it, reinforce it. You know, learning to say thank you is one of the ways we reinforce positive behavior. You know, expressing thanks is not optional for, for believers. Paul's letters are filled with gratitude on many levels, even for financial support, as we see in Philippians chapter four. You know, your people deserve to have their generosity acknowledged um for for a couple reasons one you, you want to know that they they want to know that they received the, the gift that they gave you right and uh they want to know what their gifts being used for you know learn how to cast vision effectively and then you know just and then it's also a way to reinforce your relationship with them your appreciation with them and finally it's reinforcing the work of god in their lives generosity is a byproduct of god's work in people's hearts hmm. and uh i think that's i think that's so important um and then finally celebrate it you know celebrate the accomplishments of 
of uh, your church, your church's generosity, the impact that your generosity is making, not only in your city, not only in a region, but around the world. And uh, I think it's I think it's really really important. I had one pastor. <clears throat> I'll share this story real quick. Um, I was we were talking about uh, um, you know kind of he was in one of our older churches and the tradition there was the pastor wasn't really to know what people give, <laughs> and he was saying, well, how do I how do I how do I talk to some some of the some of our people about giving, you know. And, and uh, and I just said to him, well, number one, I would say that most people who are coming to your church um, uh, assume that you as the, you as the pastor know what they're giving, okay? Because it's the assumption that most nonprofits, right? The president of the of the the, the, the nonprofit knows what people give, and uh, and because because I was encouraging him to write thank you notes to, to uh, and so I said, don't don't be afraid of writing a thank you note for people's giving. I mean, I could just say what they gave specifically, but just, just thank them in general for their giving. Well, he decided to take the top 100 givers and uh, do an experiment and wrote, wrote uh, notes, thank you notes. Little chicken scratch thank you notes, right? <laughs> um, thanking people for their faithful giving and generosity over the years of this church the response was overwhelming hmm. people came to him with tears in their eyes they had the little crimpled thank you notes and um and they were uh uh just uh, um just so great they're saying boy no one's we've been giving to this church forever and ever and no one's ever thanked us like this hmm. and uh uh, and then the church was actually in the midst of a capital campaign, and and one gentleman said, "Well, I'm going to give so much to the campaign, and I think there are three other people that can give equally that much, and I'm going to go ask them to give to Very this cool. campaign." And uh, so that caused him. He said the response was so great that he began writing letter, a thank you note at least, to everybody in the mm -hmm. church that had given, mm -hmm. and uh, and the impact was. Uh, was really was really powerful, and uh, and so you got you got to celebrate it. You got to thank people. Um, you know, you are what you celebrate. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're never celebrating anything, then what are you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and so you want to celebrate the generosity of your people and the impact that it's making uh, around the around the world. Those are all so good, and and uh, I, I just on that celebration idea, I, I think just in general we need need to do a better job of celebrating in our churches. Um, I, I I always say I think one of the reasons people don't come to prayer meetings is because we never celebrate God's answers to prayer in our midst, and and so so celebration, and and if you if you ask your people, hey, would would it be good if I sent you thank you notes for your giving, they will say no <laughs> emphatically. And they'll say, no, right. it, God gets all of the praise. He gets all the glory. And that is true. But I'm telling you what people, it's wired within us that, that we enjoy being encouraged. We enjoy being thanked. And, and uh, it's, yeah. it's something I think as pastors, we just need to take more initiative uh, with that. And what a great way to do that um, through the issues of, of generosity like that. 
Hey, last thing, uh, one uh, baby step a church could take. So, so you know, sometimes we hear all this information like, oh my goodness, it's just overwhelming. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. So like everything else, sometimes how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And, and so how do, how do we change our, our, our culture in generosity one step at a time, one baby step? So what's one of those baby steps a church could take uh, who's listening today that, that wouldn't feel overwhelmingly to just sort of move the ball a little bit? You know, it could, it could be as simple as writing a thank you note to everybody in your church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be one. And then just pray over them and see what the reaction is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, had a, I had a church planter and he said he was going to send a, a year-end giving letter to his congregation, okay? And he sent me, I was so thankful that he sent me the letter ahead of time before he sent it out to, to everybody. That's that's one that's one aspect of being coachable, right? Uh, get get some feedback mm-hmm. before you send out a letter, and uh, and his letter was kind of filled with a languor because he was frustrated because the giving had gone down and uh, um, in different ways, and so so I basically you know he sent me he sent me the letter, I read it, and then I you know I was on the phone call, phone with him and I said. Hey, I'd really like you to pull out that letter, you know, put it in on your desk in front of you, and uh, and he says, okay, and I'll and I'll help I'll help you edit it a little bit, right? And uh, and I said, but the first thing I want you to do is get to kind of get a big black marker, and just write over the top of the letter, never ever send a letter like this to our my people again. <laughs> <laughs> and because it was it was what I call a spanking letter. It was like, you know, he was kind of chiding people for their lack of giving. And mm-hmm. and, you know, and they were it was this was a new church, probably two, three years old this time. And they they needed they were struggling financially. And I said, I said, it's Christmas time. Right. To, and how many you got 70 giving units. All right. That's 70. Christmas cards you need to send to your people and in the Christmas card thank them for their generosity and making this ministry and mission possible through their financial support Hmm. well he did that and I mean within uh, a week he got a $10,000 check another we get a $20,000 check I mean it just you know it it happened uh amazingly you know um and god's provision and so you know I, there was his moment of building a culture of generosity through uh through genuine genuine thanksgiving well gary thanks uh so much uh for doing this today uh we like at the end of these podcasts uh t- for our guests to pray a prayer of blessing on our pastors and leaders and and uh, would you do that for us as we close today yes all right Father, we uh, come to you in the name of Jesus, who, you know, in every sense of the word, uh, models for us what generosity really is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Father, um, I pray uh, for our pastors, I pray for church leaders, mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, that we will not... Uh, um, be part of robbing God in the sense of robbing God uh, from receiving the gifts from his people and people getting their hearts 
um, aligned with uh, with the priorities that God seeks for His people. And uh, and Lord, so I pray. I pray for the church corporately that that they would learn to put God first in their finances, in the way they budget, in how they give outside themselves to missionaries and ministries that are outside the church. And, uh, and I pray, Father, for um, church leaders. Um, I pray that they would, uh, again, that they would learn to put God first in their finances and that they would grow yeah. in, their, in, a, in a generous spirit. I pray, Father, for our pastors that they would have uh, generous leaders around them uh, that model generosity uh, over and over again. And Father, um, oh, there's so much potential out there um, and, uh, uh, so much potential for life change and, uh, and resourcing kingdom work. Father, uh, just give our pastors wisdom, uh, give them insight, mm -hmm. give them greater and greater spiritual conviction on this issue. And, uh, and I pray father that you will pour out a generous spirit on their lives, their churches, and our movement. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks again, Gary, for, for being on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, and uh, I'd love to hear your stories of how God has used this issue of generosity to encourage your church to greater gospel health. And so we would be so grateful if you'd share those stories with us. You can share it at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at ConvergementAmerica.org or on our Facebook page at The Advance Podcast. And finally, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and make sure you check out our website at advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.